You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Ireland. I'm not doing this. I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. I have my seven-round mock draft up there that you can check out. So, best possible projections at this very moment. We know things can change a lot with these teams, and especially at quarterback, where there's a lot of mystery surrounding the number one overall pick with the Panthers. We have a good idea of where they're going, but there are some curveballs that could happen here yet. And then the Texans are on the clock at number two, and the next team you look at quarterback for sure, the Colts at number four. So interesting times here to figure out to what quarterback is going where among those top three. Then you got two intriguing wild cards after the big three of C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young, and Anthony Richardson. You got the Question marks over Will Levis and Hendon Hooker. They have a wide range of outcomes here from first round mid to anywhere in the second round. So a lot of good stuff to break down with those uh, five quarterbacks. We'll do that on today's show. This episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook in the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. Thanks again for making Locked On Fantasy Football your first listen day. Subscribe or follow for free wherever you get your podcasts, including YouTube. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we're going to take the first uh, segment here and focus on the odds on favor to be the number one overall pick. That's C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. Why is Stroud being mocked to the Panthers, and why are the odds uh, strongly in his favor to be this pick for Frank Reich and the new Offense coordinator Thomas Brown, who came from the Rams and Sean McVay. Well, let's examine Stroud. And he had a great career at Ohio State, pro-style passing that we saw from Ryan Day. So you look at Justin Fields coming from a similar system. Fields is getting it done right now with his legs in the running game. But we know Fields can also be an accomplished passer. And I think the Bears are going to try to help him to that end with better weapons, including DJ Moore, get a better protection. So really, the Bears can get a top-flight throwing quarterback out of Justin Fields out of the system where C.J. Stroud cut his cloth on that very notion that he's a very strong pocket passer. He can get the ball downfield. He can move a little bit. He's got some athleticism, but that's not his primary game here. He can do that pretty well. But when you look at the history of Frank Reich and you go to Indianapolis, he likes the pocket passer a little bit more for sure. And he goes back to uh, Philip Rivers here where he worked with Rivers pretty well. Carson Wentz is about as athletic as it can get for Frank Reich from his days in Philadelphia, but you've seen Rivers, the return in Indianapolis, you've seen Wentz again, you've seen Matt Ryan, so this is the type of quarterback that we think Reich prefers overall. He's a little bit of an old school coach, he was a backup to Jim Kelly in that amazing comeback victory over the Texans in the playoffs, so this guy goes back a long way, a little bit old school, looking for that pocket passer, and that doesn't mean that C.J. Stroud is a statue. He can move around, and you need to move around in today's NFL. you got to be at least nimble on your field, 
feet to uh, create and nimble on the field as well to move around, buy time, and throw downfield. So that's why C.J. Stroud is looking like a good fit for what the Panthers want to do. And that's the same thing that you saw with the Rams, right? They went to Matthew Stafford. Before that, they had Jared Goff under Thomas Brown and uh, McVay. So really looking at the way these offenses are constructed in the past, that's what we try to do. We, Based on things we know about what these uh, coordinators and coaches are going to do, and then see what kind of player fits exactly what they want to do. And I think when you look at the upside of talent of all three of these quarterbacks, they're different. I think you look at Anthony Richardson, high ceiling, because he has that off-the-charts athleticism tested in those agility drills like we've never seen before. We also saw the big arm from him. Bryce Young is just that leader, intangibles guy, has won a lot of games, can just make plays happen, off-script, improvise. Well, when you look at kind of the Goldilocks approach to this, just right, and that's what all these teams want, that quarterback who's just right for what they do. And C.J. Stroud, I think, is just right for the Panthers. So that may change here if they are not perturbed maybe by the lack of size of Bryce Young, or they're okay developing and working with Andrew Richardson. But C.J. Stroud uh, takes away a lot of those concerns for the Panthers. So when you look at that, I mean, I think it's a great fit for the Panthers if he's there. Look, they need to work on their receiving core. DJ Chark and Adam Thielen are good additions here. Terrace Marshall really needs to emerge, but it's not a bad landing spot when you look at that. And tight end, they've also improved. They could further do that in the draft. They have Hayden Hurst there as well. We also have a pretty decent receiving back in Chuba Hubbard, and you added Miles Sanders in the backfield. So there are a lot of good things about the baseline and foundation of this Panthers offense and transition, changing quarterback, a year removed from Christian McCaffrey. They moved on from Dante Foreman as well, running back. So you look at Sanders, I think he replaces Foreman pretty well. They kept Hubbard as a receiving back. That still could be an area of upgrade in the draft as well as tight end. And receiver as well. So they have uh, the veteran Thielen there to help in the slot. That's a good guy to have in the red zone for your quarterback. So he can serve as that kind of security blanket type tight end. You have the potential D.A. Chark if he can stay healthy. He can stretch the field a little bit. And then you got Terrace Marshall. That's who the kind of the bread and butter needs to be here to make it really palatable in, 11, in personnel and three receiver sets for C.J. Stroud. So... I think right now, we're going to lock in Stroud with the Panthers. We feel that right at this moment. Now, things can change. Uh, as uh, we know, they might uh, look at film and say, okay, we're going to go a little bit different direction. Maybe we want to go after the ceiling for Richardson after all. Or we are not that worried about DeYoung's height. But at this point, Stroud, I think, checks the boxes of what the Panthers are looking for. And that's what you're looking at. And Look, if Stroud's there, he's going to start right away, and he's going to have fantasy value. Those weapons are legitimate enough where there's going to be something you look at. I think the one concern you have for Stroud as a rookie quarterback in fantasy is just not the running. He's not going to have that high floor of running that Justin Fields provided there in year two as a starter for the Bears. So something to keep in mind there. He's going to have to do it more with the passing, but there are definitely enough weapons to uh, have at least consideration as a QB2 that can work right in some very good passing matchups in a whole division in transition. All right, there you have it. There's a breakdown of C.J. Stroud to the Panthers as a good fantasy fit, as well as uh, possibly and probably the reality fit right now at number one overall. In our next segment, we'll look at uh, how Bryce Young might fit with the Texans and if there's any other team that's better for him. And then also Anthony Richardson, uh, given there are a lot of outcomes for him 
near the top of the draft. So we'll do that. We told you at the top that this episode of Locked on Fantasy Football is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sponsor of the NFL with the sportsbook action. And really, we know we're waiting for the NFL draft, and there's some futures there that you can look at with the number one pick. You can look at the first quarterback off the board, first defensive player off the board. For the NBA playoffs, we're almost to that playing game stage. We're almost here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained in the game. Really a lot of exciting action about to come here with the playoffs. You get multiple games here once we get through the playing stage. Uh, just all kinds of fun stuff. And it's going to be a bit of an unpredictable playoff season, I think. So there's going to be some odds that you can take advantage of. You can also look at player props to see what you can get with points, rebounds, assists. You can have a lot of success with that. And there's some exclusive interesting props as well with the two by three you can check out if two three pointers will be scored in the first three minutes so that's a lot of fun plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance of even bigger payout with same game parlay I love to play those there that you can check out with players and teams so don't miss on the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on that's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more make every moment more with FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA as well of the NFL and a proud sponsor here of Locked On and the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. All right, it is time to continue the show and uh, break down more quarterbacks that uh, are going to be taken pretty highly in the 2023 NFL Draft. We talked about C.J. Stroud and the fit with the Panthers. Well, if Stroud is off the board of the Panthers, there's no way the Texans are not going with Bryce Young. They need a little bit more polished product as well. Davis Mills is not cutting it. They don't want another project there with a big arm, so... I think Young fits exactly what the Texans want to do. The 49ers styled offense under D'Amico Ryans. Look, their weapons still need some work. They added Robert Woods. That's not going to cut it too much. They have Nico Collins still at wide receiver. They also upgraded tight end with Dalton Schultz. So trying to get that element into their passing game as well. They haven't had a tight end this good in a while. So I think you'll see the corner being turned here at tight end in Houston. It's uh, pretty much been a wasteland for a lot of... The recent years here from the Bill O'Brien days to uh, David Culley to Lovey Smith. But now I think tight end is actually a viable position. So when you look at tight end, Dalton Schultz, I'm not saying he's George Kittle, but he has a similar capacity here. I think Nico Collins can get going after the catch. They moved on from Brandon Cook, so I think they would look at a good after-the-catch type receiver, a Brandon Ayuk or Debo Samuel type. But I do have them taking Jordan Addison out of USC. I think Jackson Smith and the Jigba would also fit to... They're out of Ohio State. Uh, someone they can look at. Zay Flowers as well from Boston College. So there's a, quite a few weapons they can look at there at that next pick at number 12. Maybe even trade down and get some weapons. But the Texans do have some weapons. Their offensive line still has uh, Larmy Tunsil there. So some good concepts that you add from the 49ers style of offense here. So I think Bryce Young's best fit really is the Texans here. And I think why I like it is the leadership. He's going to spread the ball around. Again, he can give you some running ability, and a lot of it is to extend plays out of the pocket and push the ball downfield. He's going to be pretty confident the way that Jalen Hurts is. So you, I think you'll see some good production from Young overall. 
Look, it's going to take a year before we trust him as a QB1, but as a QB2 that has some options, a backup, he's going to also start right away like Stroud in this particular situation. So if he's starting right away, getting the keys to a decent offense, again, between Woods, Collins, Schultz, some weapons there. Don't forget about Damian Pierce out of the backfield as well that he can uh, catch some passes. I think they might upgrade a little bit in that area. And they still have Brevin Jordan, so they have that second tight end if they want to go there. They can also go with their 11 personnel, assuming they add a wide receiver here with Addison, maybe joining uh, Collins and Woods there in the mix for Houston. So really some decent weapons. We know the 49ers system not always producing the high level of quarterback for fantasy, but you can get that pretty nice floor. Young has a very high floor. He also has a pretty nice ceiling. He can build on that, put up some numbers here, run it a little bit to pad those stats, uh, unlike Jimmy Garoppolo has in the 49ers offense. So we haven't seen Garoppolo put up big numbers. Brock Purdy was a little bit better with his consistency and the multiple touchdowns, but there's going to be that potential. So blow up some of the things that you think about the Texans offense. It's going in a different direction here. And I do love uh, Bryce Young in Houston, especially learning from that offense. And I think D'Amico Ryan's an Alabama guy would be a really good head coach for Young to get the most out of him. Sometimes you want that quarterback going to a defensive-minded coach because he would be a little bit hands-off here, and you want to just say, look, I've heard that from scouts a lot, where it's just offense does its own thing. You don't have that forced conservatism. I think Levy Smith kind of had that application here defensively. That means he wasn't a very good head coach to do that. I think when that defensive... uh, Coach kind of just says, okay, I trust the offense here. It kind of happened in San Francisco with Kyle Shanahan. So you feel better about that quarterback. And Young, a little bit of running, good downfield passing. And I think he'll also be valuable in the right matchups. Now, Anthony Richardson, the vibe is that we're going to have to wait for Anthony Richardson beyond this year. But if he goes to Colts, they're not really high on Gardner Minshew in terms of starting the whole season. They would like him as a backup that's why he was signed there. Shane Steichen had him behind Jalen Hurts with the Eagles. But there's no doubt about it. Steichen would like another mobile quarterback with a big arm because it's a copycat league. And look, coordinators, coaches do what they know best and try to build on that here. So Anthony Richardson, best fit definitely is the Colts. Now, I think Anthony Richardson could fit a lot of places. I think you look at Tampa Bay there and that offense. I think the Lions would be fantastic. But I look at the Colts. Look, they need a quarterback. Think about where the Colts are strong here. They have Jonathan Taylor and the running game. So it's always good to have a good traditional running game to play off uh, as a running quarterback. And we've seen that uh, to good fruition with Lamar Jackson. We saw it with Justin Fields playing off David Montgomery. It is just a good element to play off of because you have to worry about multiple threats running the ball well. Jonathan Taylor... No offense to David Montgomery, but Jonathan Taylor is a different level of running back right now. This offensive line, I think the Colts will look to upgrade a little bit, especially on the right side there to get a little bit better in the running game. But they also have some weapons, right? The guys that can stretch the field, Michael Pittman. you got Alec Pierce, an absolute speedster. They are looking a little bit deeper at wide receiver here. So I really like the Colts' potential there in the passing game downfield. Also, like uh, Jelani Woods, we talked about him being a sleeper tight end. They've got some depth at tight end. That's always important there. And we talked about it with Panthers getting Hurst, the Texans getting Schultz here. Colts have some young tight ends with upside. So really look at the Colts. And uh, I see a team that can really be effective uh, spreading the field using the multiple tight end sets. You got Jonathan Taylor. 
you got a lot of pop here in this offense that you look at. So I think Richardson would start sooner rather than later if it's particularly the Colts. Now the Bucks got Baker Mayfield. He might sit him a little bit. Another team, maybe you look at the Lions. They got Jared Goff. That wouldn't be good for his value. But Richardson's not a guy I would run to draft because we're not sure if he's going to even start here in 2023. He might get starts to the end. But if he's in there, he's got a little bit more running upside, we know, than Young and definitely a lot more than Stroud here for fantasy football. So... Look, these uh, first three out of four picks here, the number one, the Panthers, number two, the Texans, and skipping the Cardinals, going to the Colts at number four. The reason why these teams have been attached to these quarterbacks, I think you'll get that value that you're looking for from those players. Again, I think it'll be a little bit earlier for Stroud, and it kind of progresses from there. Stroud Young has some QB2 immediate value, while Richardson, we're going to have to wait and see. But if he gets on the field, there's some actually back-end QB1 potential because of his running and arm and the weapons, especially if he goes to the Colts. All right, there you have a look at now three of the quarterbacks, uh, top five in the draft. Now, Will Levis, Hendon Hooker, Levis out of Kentucky, Hooker out of Tennessee. A little bit more of wild cards here. We'll look at uh, what could happen with them in the first round and beyond here and their landing spots with the rest of the teams not involving Carolina, Houston, Indianapolis in our final segment. Uh, thanks again for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen today. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Part of that network is definitely a show you should check out as well. Locked on NFL Draft, Damian Parson, Keith Sanchez. It's a big month. The draft uh, coming up first round the night of April 27th from Kansas City. So we're counting down to that, looking at the prospects, looking at what teams might do there as well. We're talking draft on this show. But if you want more draft from a little bit more of a reality perspective, check out uh, Damian and Keith. They do a great job there. Locked on NFL Draft here on the Locked On Network. It's time to close the show and look at uh, a couple more quarterbacks here that are really uh, trying to make an impression and go in the first round. Well, Will Levis, a little bit of slip maybe for Will Levis. It's hard to know where he's going to go. I think what the challenge is here, the Lions may not force it there. They might go for a best defensive player like Tyree Wilson. Their early edge rusher, Miles Murphy, also in the mix there for them. Jalen Carter could slip, and they might go in that direction to compliment Aiden Hutchinson from last year. So the Lions are not desperate for a quarterback because they have Jared Goff. And then you look at the Raiders. They got the Jimmy Garoppolo, so they're not also maybe pushing themselves to a quarterback. They do like Will Levis, and he could be a good fit there, but you just don't look at that uh, potential of forcing it. So where do I think Will Levis might end up in the end? I think it could be definitely the Buccaneers. And here's why I say it. You look at the Bucks. They're picking at number 19 overall. They could slide up a few picks should Levis slide. Now, again, we've said the key turn here for Levis is 6-7. and seven. I don't think the Seahawks are going to go after him either at number 5, that pick they got from the Broncos, or 20 behind them. But the Bucks may want to secure that quarterback. You got the Jets might be willing to trade down. You got the Falcons willing to possibly trade down. So Jets with 13, Falcons at 8. Maybe the Raiders will do that if they're out of the quarterback business here. I think... The key is to get ahead of the Titans, who definitely could think about uh, Will Levis. They've been tied to him at number 11. So you look at the Bucks. Should a slip happen here, the Titans go in a different direction. Uh, they're going to go after Will Levis. And you look at Will Levis, why? Because you look at their old school. They need a pocket passer who can throw downfield. I get it's a little different offense with Dave Canales taking over. The mobility of Mayfield helps a little bit in that regard because Geno Smith in Seattle, uh, we saw that offense really operate well with Smith moving around. But primarily it was a pocket passing system. And what was the big 
factor there to help Geno Smith. Well, having two top flight receivers, well, you have that in Tampa with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, and you're going to have a little bit more commitment to the running game. I think Rashad White could be the lead back. They could also look to upgrade with B. John Robinson, Jameer Gibbs, but obviously if they go quarterback, they're not going to do that. So Will Evans, I think, would be a fine fit with the Buccaneers. They run, take pressure off him there. Look, they're used to pocket passing. You might have to bridge a little bit with Mayfield, and you might have to see Will Levis on delay with his value in Tampa. But I really like that fit because, again, Brady, you make that transition. You want a similar quarterback here that has a skill set with a big arm. Mike Evans is a field stretcher, so get him downfield, make those big plays. I think they'll look to add a third receiving threat in the draft that can spread it out. You have a good young tight end in Kate Otten. Here. So I think these are all elements that line up well with Levis's ability here, and it makes a lot of sense for the Buccaneers to want to stay in that system. And Mayfield, as much as he's athletic, he's still really a pocket passer in a system, playing off the run and throwing downfield. Mayfield does have a big downfield arm. So when you look at it, definitely Will Levis, the best fit is the Bucs, and let's hope that happens because I think he could have some immediate value, maybe even better than some of the other guys given the receiving ability here of the Bucks, So something to watch out for sure. Now, Hendon Hooker is all over the place with his range of outcomes. Could he go number 18 to the Lions? Absolutely. Could he go to the Seahawks to be stashed behind Geno Smith? For sure. Could the Ravens take him? Should they move on from Lamar Jackson at number 22? Yes, but he could also go out of this round and go in a different direction. Now, I'm going to tell you the best offense for him. And look, there's been a little bit of talk of the Ravens. The Seahawks also have been the mix. We talked about them as a potential landing spot. Maybe the Vikings take a shot at him a little bit later. You look at also another team might be the Commanders. Look at him if they're not totally sold on Sam Howell. You might look at New England, explore Hendon Hooker if they think he's ready to play and replace Mac Jones. So there's all kinds of outcomes. The Raiders also could stash him later, knowing that they don't need Jimmy Garoppolo. So pretty much Lions and Raiders thinking on the same lines. But I say Detroit stands out for Hendon Hooker. I hope they stash him. I know he's 26 years old, old and a little bit older, but this kid could be ready to play soon. And it also would give them an opportunity to play on a rookie contract with a quarterback, and that is huge here. So they could move on from Jared Goff by next year and have a rookie in his second year and really build that team. It's loaded right now. And why I like Hendon Hooker here is they have a great offensive line in Detroit. They've got the reliable running game. They also have an element that I think is really key in Jamison Williams stretching the field. And you had Cedric Tillman and Jalen Hyatt at Tennessee to really help Hendon Hooker's value. Hyatt, especially a field stretcher, can go deep. So, yeah, you do look at the Buccaneers and have that potential with Mike Evans, but you look at the Lions, Jameson Williams there. You have Elmon Ross, St. Brown, who can work in the middle of the field. Lions should be thinking about tight end a little bit more. I know they have some options, including Brock Wright there. But they have good pass catching back here in DeAndre Swift, so the weapons are fantastic here. And I think Hooker would just catch on to that offense a little bit more. He's tied to what they can do. And again, they could stash him for one year, and you might uh, just not have him in a, as a fantasy football option at all. But they also might say Jared Goff is not trustworthy, is a little bit shaky, only comes through in certain games. He has a limited ceiling here. So they could go for Hooker immediately if he's healthy and can grasp this offense. He's also extremely intelligent, being in multiple programs here, can absorb an offense. And again, the Lions, I think, are a great situation for any quarterback, but Hooker 
to lift up a player like that would be fantastic because Hooker needs that type of established team. Like I think it's a little bit tougher for him to make it work with the Panthers or Texans, say, but when you have that team in place uh, there, that it'll really help his own cause here in an established offense is putting up a lot of numbers and the Lions certainly qualify as one of those. There you have it. There's a breakdown of the top five quarterbacks, their best fantasy football fits here in the 2023 NFL Draft. So looking forward to that and a lot more options to come here. QB2s, matchup-based. Seems like we're always replenishing the quiver there with quarterbacks, but this class is very good. We know we could have four first-rounders. We could have five first-rounders emerge from this class. So really excited to see what these guys can do on the field from reality and fantasy perspective and again the numbers certainly should be there sooner rather than later and i think there's a chance that all five of these guys will live up to expectations from where they're drafted in 2023 thanks for making locked on fantasy football your first listen every day we're part of locked on podcast network your team every day subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcast now make your second listen locked on nfl scouting with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft salary cap management more join nfl experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise every Monday through Friday. Find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, just like this show. Part Locked On Podcast Network, just like this show. Your team every day. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer with our look at the quarterbacks here and the fits in the draft. We'll come back tomorrow. Look at running backs in the 2023 NFL Draft to close the week.